Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the newest episode of this Going Long podcast. I'm your host, Zach Neal. There are so many moving pieces over the past week since we last talked. So many things that are happening for the Oregon Ducks. Um, you know, landed a quarterback, Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel out of the transfer portal, uh, outgoing transfer for several faces, most notably quarterback Ty Thompson. Um, several NFL draft declarations, a few really interesting draft decisions uh, coming up for a few players on the roster, some notable transfer portal targets, taking visits to Eugene, um, a handful of transfer targets, um, you know, expected to come over the next, you know, few days, couple of weeks, um, several offers going out from the team. There's the whole Dante Moore recruitment of it all. Uh, we're going to get into all of that. I'm also going to bring on my good friend, J.D. Pluid, the host of the Flock Pod. Um, notorious Ty Thompson, number one fan. We're going to talk to him about, uh, you know, his favorite player leaving the program and kind of just give Ty uh, the proper send off from Eugene that I think he deserves. All that is ahead. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get into it. All right, it is no longer breaking news right now, but uh, the Ducks got their QB of the present over the weekend, landed a transfer from Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. Um, this ties a lot into the eventual transfer from Ty Thompson, but really we're going to start with Gabriel before we get to Thompson. Basically, I think this is this huge win for the Ducks. Um, I know I covered it a little bit last week when talking because the writing was kind of on the wall. We thought that, you know, this was the this was the guy that Oregon was targeting. There was people who wanted Cam Ward. Um, obviously, I think Oregon was talking to Cam Ward as well. But in the end, they they wanted Dylan Gabriel. This is the guy that they thought could plug into their system the best, taking over Bo Nix, um, just kind of operating the offense in the way that they wanted it operated. Um, you know, I, I think that Dylan Gabriel is a, a very talented player. He put up a lot of really good numbers at Oklahoma, some pretty good numbers at UCF before that. Going into his sixth year, his final year of eligibility, um, you know, he was a, a Heisman candidate midway through the 2023 season. And by all means, he should be, you know, I'll, I'll say it right now, he will be probably a top five Heisman candidate at the start of the 2024 season. Um, just based on what he's been able to do and kind of how he projects in this offense, you know, I think the the ceiling is very high for this team. I've been doing a bit of a deeper dive on Gabriel's advanced stats. Um, I've got an article going out on Duckswire on Wednesday morning that will kind of dive into his, you know, where he is best at, um, you know, targeting down the field, his deep ball, his, um, you know, middle right, middle left, short left, stuff like that. But basically what it boiled it down to is his, his deep passing is very elite. He's, um, and he thrives in the middle of the field. That's where his, uh, um, you know, most of his stats come from is deep middle, uh, intermediate middle from 10 to 19 yards and short center zero to 10 yards. So, um, you know, one, one area where I think that he's a little bit contrary to Nick's is, um, you know, he's someone who really thrives in play action which is not something that we saw Bo Nix and the Ducks do a ton this past year. But, um, you know, he that's something that he really found a lot of success success in um, last year at Oklahoma is, is utilizing that play action to open up the, the secondary and um, kind of bring those linebackers forward and then take advantage of that. But 
Um, I've also seen that, you know, like I said, loves to throw it over the middle field, middle of the field, loves to go deep at the ball too. So that's something that you can expect to see from next year working with Will Stein. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun um, just to, to kind of continue to see in this offense. We've seen it grow a little bit under Kenny Dillingham and Will Stein um, again this year, but I think that that's something that Gabriel can absolutely do. Moving on to the, the Ty Thompson part of this, which, um, you know, I'm going to get more into this with JD when he comes on in a little bit, but um, you know, I just wanted to touch on it just a little bit. This was expected. I think that a lot of people saw this coming, especially once the news about Gabriel coming dropped. Uh, I believe that was Saturday morning, and then Ty actually officially entered the portal on Sunday. Um, you know, it was expected, but it's still unfortunate. I wrote a column on Sunday when the news came out that, you know, there, there are a few players in college football who I respect as much as Ty Thompson right now, just for the loyalty that he showed and the fact that I think that he – he did it the right way in his college career. He he did not jump ship when things got tough. He got passed over twice by, well, three times now ultimately by transfer portal quarterbacks who the team brought in to, um, you know, to realistically start in front of him or compete for that job with the the leg up because of experience or because of talent. Um, but through all of that, Thompson stayed loyal and he showed that you know he was willing to work hard and willing to not jump ship when things got tough and, you know. I can understand what Dan Lanning and what Marshall Malco and what Will Stein and them are doing by bringing in a ready-made quarterback like Dylan Gabriel. I mean, you you want to their job as coaches and roster management, um, you know, facilitators is to put the best time team on the field and do what they can to win championship in 2024. They absolutely did that by bringing in Gabriel. I think that it was a splash move. Um, it's exactly what they needed to do to have this team ready to compete in the Big Ten moving forward. And fans should be excited. I think that, you know, you can also feel you can feel super excited about what's happening and and feel really confident in this team and the roster that they're putting together while also feeling pretty frustrated on behalf of Thompson. And I think that that's a kind of a common thought and a common feeling among Oregon fans right now. And you've seen that on social media. There was a a really nice outreach from Duck fans towards Thompson's once the news came out that he was going to transfer. You know, it's it's there's a lot of respect. There's a lot of fans of Thompson and Eugene. I know that everyone's really excited to see where he goes um, and just kind of hoping that he can find somewhere where he can succeed right away and where he has a chance to actually um, show what he can do on the field and show, you know, how talented of a player that he really is. Cause I do think he's very talented. I think he's a good player. I don't think he had the opportunity to show it here in Eugene. And um, you know, that's, I don't think duck fans should be upset about that because they had some really good quarterbacks. Um, I mean, Bo Nix, a Heisman finalist this past year. Uh, I don't think you can be upset at all that he's the one who played over Ty Thompson, but you know, going forward, I wish all the best to Ty. I know we'll talk a lot about him later with JD, but um, it was just, I, it was sad to see for sure. All right, let's talk uh, NFL draft declarations. We've seen Kyrie Jackson, uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, and Bucky Irving declare so far in the past few days. There's still several left who could stay or go. Um, among the most notable are Jordan Birch, Jeffrey Bossa, Justin Jacobs, Terrence Ferguson, and Troy Franklin. Um, you may be asking why I even mentioned Troy Franklin as someone who has a decision to make because it's kind of been thought that he's a lock to go to the NFL as a potential first-round pick. Um, maybe not, you know, I'm told that the team is working very hard to try and convince Troy to run it back for one more season. And kind of like Romo Dunes did with, uh, Washington last year, um, apparently offering a pretty attractive NIL package along with it. 
Um, just seeing, you know, what it would take to get him back in Eugene for one more year. I'm in no way saying this is a done deal or that it's even likely to happen, but it has been discussed. I know that. And I think that there is, you know, a little bit of traction to it. So that's something to watch out for. Um, with the other guys, I would lean towards Birch returning for another year. And the same goes for Jeffrey Bossa and Justin Jacobs. Um, those three were coming back would be huge for this defense. Um, you know, really lock down the core of that defense with some of your best players from last year coming back. I'm not really sure what to, um, what to think about Terrence Ferguson. I think that he could return. I wouldn't be shocked to see him return, but I also really could see him leaving. I think it's pretty up in the air right now. I've seen other reporting that, um, he's still, you know, 50, 50 on that kind of making his decision. And, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what he does because if he leaves, you know, the ducks might need to go, uh, after some tight ends in the portal, they've got, what is it? Three outside of him rostered right now, two more coming in, um, via the 2024 class. But, um, I don't really know. Maybe they feel really confident that I Patrick Herbert or Kenyon Sadiq is going to step up and be that tight end one if Ferguson leaves. But um, if Terrence comes back, I think that you feel really good about that position because he was one of the better Pac-12 tight ends this past year. We saw him really have some uh, incredible games. He played very well in the Pac-12 championship game as well. Um, So that'll be something to keep a close eye on. Elsewhere, Dante Moore, uh, former quarterback at UCLA, actually former Oregon commit as well before flipping um, to UCLA last year, right before signing period. Uh, he's expected to visit Eugene sometime this week or this uh, this coming weekend. That'd be huge for Oregon. Um, you know, we, of course, we already talked about Dylan Gabriel coming in. That news didn't dissuade Moore at all uh, per reports. He's still very interested in coming to Oregon. Uh, potentially being a duck and and taking a redshirt year and just kind of growing in the system and learning and developing. That's what he said um, that he, he really just wants to place to develop and um, playing time in 2024 is not a prerequisite for wherever he lands. So um, if this were to happen, I think that would be just so, so massive for the ducks. Um, it would give them a, a bit of a plan for the future, allow them to get out of this transfer portal market for QB year after year, um, give them a chance to focus on developing recruits rather than getting, you know, these one year, two year quarterback rentals. Um, you know, there's there's some reporting that Oregon feels like the leader in his commitment right now. I don't have any intel on this specifically, but based on what other people are saying, you know, Duck fans should feel pretty positive. Um, if you can go out of this transfer portal cycle with Dylan Gabriel as your quarterback one, with Dante Moore committed, um, ready to be the backup for a year and then take over in 2025. I don't think there's a better situation. Um, I think that would be the biggest home run that you could ever have as a duck fan. Um, it would be, you know, just, just such a win for Dan landing and will Stein and that offensive staff. Um, if they could walk out of this cycle with that being the result. So that's something definitely to keep an eye on. Um, I think he's expected in Eugene over the next couple of days, um, later this week and into the weekend. Uh, but we'll be keeping an eye on that closely going forward. There are a couple of wide receivers in the portal that Oregon is working hard to get on campus. Um, one of them is South Alabama wide receiver Colin Lacey. Um, another one is Vanderbilt wide receiver uh, Will Shepard. And then North Texas wide receiver Jamori Macklin. We also could expect to see Oregon host Clemson safety Andrew Mukuba this week. Um, I'm told that there's a good chance he could end up committing either on the visit or shortly after. Um, apparently they've had a lot of talks between the two and feel pretty confident about where they stand with him. That's another position of, of major need for the ducks after losing Evan Williams and Steve Stevens and Brian Addison this past year. 
um, whether it's transfer or to the NFL, um, the Ducks definitely need a you know some help at the safety position. And whether it's starters, whether it's um, you know whether it's depth pieces, there's a lot of a lot of need in the secondary. Not necessarily at cornerback, but definitely at safety as they go forward into the Big Ten. Okay, that was a lot. I think that's most of the uh, the transfer news that we needed to get to. Let's take a quick break and come back with JD and give a proper send off to Ty Thompson. All right, I've got my good friend JD Pluitt on the show, host of the Flock Pod. JD, when it comes to Ty Thompson, um, you are probably one of the biggest fans I know. I'm not going to lie. When the Ty Thompson news came out on Sunday, you were the first person I thought of. Um, I know it was kind of expected, but I don't know. I don't think that made it any easier. Um, I imagine the past week has been a bit of a, a roller coaster for you, a bit up and down. We expected it to be tied to start at the Fiesta Bowl. Then the bow news comes out that he's playing. Um, then we kind of think that you know it might be Ty's job to compete, Ty's job to lose at least for the start of 2021. Then the news comes out that Dylan Gabriel's transferring in on Saturday. A day later, Ty Thompson officially enters the transfer portal. What has this past week been like for you personally? Uh, it's, uh, I've been stuck in a glass case of emotion, Zach. Um, <laughs> it's definitely been uh, a roller coaster, as you said. Um, you know, any, anybody that's listened to the flock pod, you know, knows that, um, I was incredibly high on Ty Thompson coming into the University of Oregon. May have said some outlandish things like he's going to be the best quarterback <laughs> to ever play here, you know, things like that. Um, but it was because of information that I had, you know, I, I coached down at Mesquite high school down in Arizona. I knew some of the coaches down there, so I was able to talk to them and they, the things they were saying about this kid just got me so excited because the talent, the mentality, the leadership, uh, the work ethic. And I think those are all things that he showed, uh, during his time here at Oregon. Uh, it's unfortunate that he never got that opportunity and that's, yeah, when we got that Fiesta Bowl invite and, you know, you're thinking, okay, it totally makes sense for, you know, Bo to be on his way out, to be prepping for the draft. Here we go, baby. It is Ty Thompson time. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Bo Nix is playing in the game? Oh, okay. So that that right there, I think, put some writing on the wall that a transfer quarterback was going to be coming in because if they if they felt confident Ty wasn't going to transfer, I think it does make more sense for Bo to sit that one out. But mm-hmm. Bo probably saw the writing on the wall and, you know, he's he's babysitting Dan Lanning's kids. He's he's in the know. You know <laughs> what I mean? He he knows what's going on. He's feeding them too much ice cream. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's been tough. It's been real tough. You know, when I when I saw his transfer portal entry, there there, there may have been a tear or two shed. You know, there was there were some onions being cut because he's really been one of my favorite players to root for. Um, had a had a brief little Twitter interaction with him, which was awesome. You know, he seems like a great kid. So uh, it's been it's been up and down. Yeah, definitely to say the least, it's been up and down. I think it's been very cool. I mean it's not often that you have like a backup quarterback or a backup player at any position who hasn't played very much in his time at Oregon. When they enter the portal that you just have like an outpouring of emotion from fans and just like so much respect and well wishes and all that. I thought that was very cool to see. And it speaks a lot to, you know, what Ty did here and his character and kind of how he did things the right way in Eugene. So when you look forward and we look at, you know, the combination of things ty leaving dylan gabriel coming in what percentage of you is frustrated what percentage of you is excited about the future i mean have you been able to kind of parse that out have you balanced that at all in your mind oh we've processed yeah we've moved on it's the dylan gabriel era no we we've moved on um you know i 
I was hoping Ty was going to have a landing spot available to him like Arizona State, but it looks like they've already landed Sam Levitt. So I'm real curious to see where he lands because I'll definitely be, you know, a big fan of his moving forward. And I hope he gets the opportunity to start somewhere, especially with two years of eligibility. But yeah, no, we've we've processed, we've we've been binging the YouTube clips of Dylan Gabriel getting ourselves excited. Uh, quick twitch lefty. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see what he can do in Will Stein's offense. So I think that helps heal the wound a little bit. Had it been a player like Cam Ward or or another quarterback coming in, I think I would have had a more difficult time parsing it. But no, we're excited. We're we're ready to go. We're, we're we've moved on 100. percent It is the Dylan Gabriel area. It is the return of number eight. The flying Hawaiian is back in the <laughs> University of Oregon. Yeah, that I think his whole like the Hawaiian ties, um, his you know him looking up to Marcus and the the fact that like. I don't know. This staff seems really bought in on him. And like, just from what I've heard, he was always the guy that they were going after. And once they, I mean, they, yeah, once he got into the portal, it was not really a a conversation with them. They wanted him. Um, Speaking of Ty, still before we move on, just if you could choose, if you could handpick a destination for him or handpick, you know, three options, where would you most like to see him land? Because I've got a couple in my mind that I think would be perfect, but I'm just curious to hear what you think. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what's important to him. You know, is it sticking close on the West Coast? Is it, you know, whatever opportunity he has to start? Um, I think I think a school like UCLA is really interesting, you know, going down there and playing in Chip Kelly's system. You know, can he handle, you know, Chip's coaching style? And is that a good fit for him? Who knows? But I think that's a, that's a real interesting opportunity. Uh after that, it gets it gets dicey because you kind of have to wait and see where some other places fall. I think Florida State should give him a look. I don't think that's you know being rumored anywhere, but I think that's definitely something that they should be looking at. I still think Arizona State should look at bringing him in and let him compete against Levitt and see what you get out of the two of those guys and have him up, give him an opportunity to play in front of those hometown fans. But again, I don't know if he wants to go into an unsure situation with his past here at Oregon. So. You know, without any other information on where other quarterbacks land, I mean, he could do the funniest thing ever and go to Miami, but that will never happen. I was thinking that as well. That was also on my list. (laughs) I mean, it just depends on how good of a relationship he had with Cristobal. We don't know necessarily Mm -hmm. if that was a positive relationship. A lot of fans have inferred that it was a, a negative one just due to his development under the program while Cristobal was in charge of it. But I'd be funny. I mean, I'd be it weird be to funny. have to root for Miami, and I, I would feel I would feel <laughs> dirty, I think, afterwards. But uh, I think yeah, there, there's yeah. Oh, I would definitely do it. I mean, there's <laughs> there's there's some spots still out there. So I th- I think UCLA is honestly though my favorite landing spot for him. I think that's a great one. You mentioned Arizona State too. I know that there's currently a lot of competition there with, like you said, Sam Leavitt. They still have Jaden Rashada as well. Rashada I know his too. his future's a little bit up in the air. He's been kind of uncommittal about going forward, but. Obviously, the the Arizona connection, Kenny, Kenny Dillingham connection. I'm also very curious to see, you know, what happens at Arizona. Um, you mm. know, Jed Fish may be on the move. He may be taking Noah Fafita with him. You know, Ty's an Arizona kid. Maybe he ends up there with whatever coach, you know, they bring in. If I mean, so yeah. many dominoes have to fall for that to happen. Jed Fish has to leave in the first place and take his quarterback. So that's a, a more of a long shot. But, you know, one of those Arizona schools, like you mentioned, UCLA, um, like we both mentioned, Miami would have been, you know, hilarious. But I agree. One of those schools where he has a chance to actually start and, you know, um, somewhere where he's got roots, I think would be the best option for him. 
Yeah, completely agree. I, like, I think UCLA is the best spot for him. Yeah, I could see that one. Um, hopefully, that'd be fun to keep him out on the West Coast. And, and I mean, I think that Oregon fans still have um, a semblance of love for Chip Kelly, so I don't think it'd be too hard to to root for them. Um, I know it's a little bit tough with them in the Big Ten now with, with Oregon, too, but um, that'll be interesting to see where he lands going forward. All right, I want to play a little bit of a game with you. I know I did not Ooh. tell you about this beforehand. I wanted to surprise you with it. Um, I've worked with you a lot over the last several years. I think it's safe to say that you are prone to having a hot take every now and again. Oh, baby. <laughs> Whether Absolutely. it was calling Let Ty Thompson or saying that Ty Thompson was going to be the best quarterback in Oregon history or saying that the Oregon Ducks men's basketball team was going to win the NCAA tournament in a year where I don't think they even made it to the NCAA They did tournament. not make the tournament. <laughs> uh, so, yes, you and I both prone to hot takes every now and again. So I'm calling this game Goldilocks Takes, and we can, we can mm. work on the title going forward. But basically, I'm going to give you a scenario. You're going to tell me if the take is too hot, too cold, or just right. Are you ready? I like it. Okay, I'm ready. All right. First one, we are going to keep it on subject. The scenario, Dylan Gabriel leads the Ducks to a college football playoff semifinal and wins the Heisman in 2024. Is that take too hot, too cold, or just right? It's pretty hot. It's pretty hot. It's a pretty hot take. Uh, I think it's it's within the realms of possibilities, so it's... It's still it's still edible, you know. We're we're gonna call this one hot, but still edible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it's not gonna burn you as as you take a bite of that oatmeal there. But the the potential that Dylan Gabriel has in this offense is really enticing. It, it's very enticing with the weapons that you know that he brings, his intangibles, his ability to compete, and just his flat out arm strength um, are things that I think can be really successful. So him winning a Heisman, I've already seen, you know. On the on the Twitter, all kinds of predictions. You know, I see him on a lot of top fives, a lot of top tens, even see him number one in a couple of those. You know, predicting mm-hmm. next year's Heisman finalists. So people people are already starting the rumor train. Oregon to a CFP semifinal. You know that that defense I is going to be it. talented. The running back room should be deep. Wide receiver room should be deep. So I don't, I don't think that's out of the room. Yes, yeah, so we're we're going to call this one hot, hot but edible. It's kind of like when you take that first sip of hot chocolate or coffee and like it, it burns, but like, you know, you can still drink it and you just, you'll feel it for a day later. But yeah, what I'm most excited for with Gabriel is seeing like just what type of improvement he makes from Oklahoma to Oregon, because we saw that with Bo Mm -hmm. Nix too. I mean, I saw someone or before we jumped on, someone posted the, um, the Bo Nix stats at Auburn compared to the the Dylan Gabriel stats at Oklahoma. And you see what Bo Nix turned into at Oregon. It's like, oh, wow, Dylan Gabriel's Oklahoma stats are already much better than Bo's were at Auburn. So it's, it's a little enticing to just see kind of what jump he's going to make. All right, next scenario for you. We're going to keep this on the quarterbacks. This one is, you know, right up your alley. Ty Thompson ends up as a better NFL draft pick than Bo Nix. Hot too cold definitely not too cold or just right there's definitely no way that take too is too cold. cold no i'm i'm gonna call that one legitimately too hot you know i'm probably the the biggest ty thompson fan out there but without without knowing where he's gonna land without knowing more information i think that one i think that one's too hot is it possible certainly possible. i think i think <laughs> one of the things that bo Nix has prided himself on is you know 
just getting every possible ounce of talent out of his body and making the most of it. I think if you were to look on a pure talent level, who is the more talented player? I think there's a true argument there, but I think Bo's done a better job of leveraging that talent and getting every ounce of its potential. So it's going to be, you know, Bo, Bo in the NFL is going to be something that's going to be fun to watch, fun to Mm -hmm. watch. I'm glad that we agree on this one because we kind of have like our barometer set now. We know what's too hot. <laughs> we yeah. kind of know I where think we've our found our range. Yeah. Yep. All right. This one might be a little bit uh, more to just write the take. Troy Franklin returns to Oregon in 2024 and wins the Bolitnikoff Award. Oh, just right. I think. Just I think right. if that happens, yeah, I think that's just right. Uh, whether it will happen or not, I mean. Sure looks like he's NFL bound and it would make sense for the kid to go get the bag. But in the new world of NIL, anything is possible. We where we're going, we don't need roads. Anything is possible here. There have been conversations to see if he's willing to stay in Eugene for another year. So this, you know, as as long of a shot as it may be, um, that's something that will be really, really fun. All right. Last one. We are going to take it to your preferred sport for this one. Take it to the hardwood. The take Dana Altman has a final four appearance in the next two years. I think that's just right. Oh, I think, I think with Jackson Shellstad at the man, I have a hard time saying that name. Jackson Shellstad at the, at the helm, you know, and running that, running that program. Uh, I think he has a great opportunity to make that possible. We've seen what Dana can do in March. We've seen uh, the his ability to get a team to congeal at just the right time. Uh, the talent, uh, I think, is there on this team to be a Dana Altman team, to be able to do that, especially if they get healthy. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what the deal is with the injury bug. I don't know if it's a training staff thing or what it is, but the injury bug just continues to bite this squad. But for whatever reason, the team is better for it when they come out of it because those guys that have been in the depth have been given an opportunity to go out there and play and develop. Uh, and then they're confident when the new guys come back that, you know, they're still going to get out there and get some minutes because they've earned Dana's trust. That's the biggest thing playing for Dana Altman is earning his trust. And I think we've already seen that Shellstad has done that. And for a freshman point guard, man, that mm-hmm. means the, the sky is the limit for this team and, and for the next year's squad, you know, with what's coming in. Yeah, I think that. To me, this take is too hot still. I think it needs a little mm. bit of time to cool off. I think maybe a year of cooling off period. This next year, I think this take will be just right. But um, like you said, with with what Shellstad's shown so far, um, we don't really know what the future is with Mookie Cook. Um, whether he's, I mean, if he's missing this much time for injury already, it's probably not going to be a one and done. We'll see what KJ Evans so. does. I wouldn't think so either. But um, there's there's so much potential and young potential on this roster. I think the next year could really be their year. That's not to say that they don't have, you know, potential to make it to the tournament and at least make a run this year. Should they all get healthy? And like you said, be able to congeal and, and get one of those classic Dana Allman seasons. But um, I don't know that I would project a final four just yet for them this year. Oh, I'm not, pro- not projecting, <laughs> but anything is possible with Dana. Anything is yes, possible with Dana. It's very true. Very true. All right, let's finish it there. JD, thank you for coming on and sending off Ty Thompson the right way with me. Um, Go ahead and tell people where they can find you and listen to you. Uh, You can find me at Coach Justin D on all of those social media platforms. You can find the Flock Pod at the Flock Pod on those same social media platforms. Uh, Yeah, go check us out. Uh, Make sure to like and follow and subscribe.
Appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. We'll, uh, we'll hope to do this again sometime soon in the off season and um, get some basketball talk and look forward to the 2024 season. Should be fun. Absolutely. Sounds good, my man. Good to see you. Have a good one. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you again to JD for coming on and talking about Ty Thompson with us and playing that little game with us. Um, I'm going to continue this one episode per week schedule for the time being. Next week's episode should be a big one as we get ready for the early signing period to begin on December 20th, which is next Wednesday. Um, I will plan, I think, to have an episode out on Tuesday and kind of give a little preview of what we should expect. And then potentially another one on Wednesday or Thursday to wrap up anything crazy that might happen. Uh, you know, with with what we've seen from Dan Landing before, who knows what's going to happen. There's, I just remember last year on signing day, there was, you know, flips, craziness. You had the the Peyton Bowen craziness, uh, Mateo Uyunglele. You had the David Hicks stuff. There was just, there was a lot going on. So uh, there's there's a chance that we do two episodes next week, but for sure plan on one on Tuesday. Um, and then one maybe later in the week to wrap things up as well. Thank you guys for listening and following along. If you want to check out more of my work, you can find it all on duckswire.usatoday.com. Follow me at Zachary C. Neal on Twitter. We'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, take it easy. <laughs>